0: This episode of The Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by The Finish Line Script Competition. In its sixth year, The Finish Line Script Competition is the only script competition run by ex-literary managers. Six plus pages of actionable development notes are available to you or you can submit your script as is. Scripts can be rewritten and resubmitted for free anytime throughout the competition. Over 40 mentors read and meet with the winners, and the competition staff itself works with many semifinalists on getting their material read throughout the industry. They are here to help writers succeed by improving your script along the way and making sure you get opportunities when your material is ready. So check out what's happening at finishlinescriptcomp.com, now open for submissions. This episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is also brought to you by the Tyrota Finish Line Social Impact Script Competition. It's back for a second year in a row. The competition will again celebrate film and television scripts that seek to raise awareness and inspire change regarding urgent issues with critical relevance across our society now, such as racial, gender, or economic inequality, climate change, drug addiction, the broken foster care system, gun violence and much more the competition especially encourages submissions from historically underrepresented writers the tyrota finish line script competition runs from january 18th through june 10th please go to film freeway and learn how to submit your script i say what i feel
1: and i promise to keep it real welcome to the rain, You wanna be a rider? Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd is got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes, there's Lisa caja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring no game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rant room, rant,
2: room, rant room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it, we keep it opinionated. We keep it Lisa. <laughs> no, what?
3: Lisa, Lisa. No. You having problems talking over here? I had to both bur- at the same on? time. Why y'all what's going on? What's going on? All right. Do, do over. Do over.
2: All right. Let's start it over. Boom. <clears throat> what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Lisa Lisa?
3: what kind Wakanda forever. You didn't even match it with me this time. You know what, we're going to get it together one day. <laughs> I thought it was Wakanda forever, but no It God. is, Yeah, it is Wakanda forever. Like, we still haven't come up with a new one. It's all right. It's all you good. Join us, you can
2: join us at the end, Rich. Don't yes, worry. Yes. We'll get it together. Um, so on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Hmm. You hear her voice? Lisa yes. Lisa cold Jam is I'm in the building.
3: I'm, I'm sitting here making my potions and stuff. I got my Florida water, y'all. You know, I got my oil. You know, I'll be, <laughs> be, be doing my serious hoodoo stuff over here because, you know, we, we done got some folks out of office, but stuff's still kind of shaky. And I'm a little <laughs> nervous about the new administration. So, you know, I got to put my potions together and get myself protected, <laughs> you know, and ready to go. Got my glass of wine because it's Sunday and, you know, Every Sunday I talk to the family in Italy and of course we drink a lot of wine overseas so it's like you know, it's like 8 o'clock over there I think so it's like, you know, gotta be in touch (laughs) with the family. Even though it's what, 1120 here? You know what? It's Clark Sisters Day, right? (laughs) You know know what? It is what it is. It is what it
2: is. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, Lee, you hear a voice. Lisa, Lisa, Cult Jam. Um, Little disclaimer, Chris Derrick is uh, on script so we're going to miss him again. He's been on script the last week or two so uh, hopefully he'll be back next week. Anyway, so if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. Yes. So today, we got two young, emerging killers out here doing some good shit. Uh, My man over here, uh, my most most one blanking your name, Jesse, forgive me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know what it was? I looked down and I saw the Jay Bernard thing. I went, wait a minute. I got it right, right? I was like, who are we talking
3: to? (laughs) What's the name? Who?
2: You know what it is, Lisa. I'm exactly. always teasing Rich about this too. Kids today don't want to brand their name. They want they they want to be all incognito and stuff. They don't want nobody to know. That's so me. they be they be doing all that stuff. Yes. See, I I think you got to brand your fucking name. Uh, <laughs> you,
3: do, you do what you mess. You
2: <laughs> anyway, Jesse B. Evans, an award-winning producer, actor himself, uh, writer. You know, out of here doing some cool stuff. So we're gonna talk to him about his program, his uh, organization that he has called. Hollywood here. And of course, you guys have seen and heard um, my man, uh, young cat out here doing good things. Um, really, really proud of him. Richard Scott, uh, writer, comedy writer, doing a lot of cool things himself. Welcome to the show, both of you guys.
4: Thanks for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Richard,
3: what you munching over there? Because I know when you're muting, it's usually you cutting up something, you're about to click something, are <laughs> you munching on something, and you're being stingy. So what you eating?
5: Oh, um, I I just I got back in Atlanta. I've had a chance to go grocery shopping, so I did the worst thing you could possibly do. I went to Jack in the Box and just uh, got uh, lunch and dinner from Jack in
3: <laughs> the Box. So wrong. I haven't I haven't been to Jack in the Box in like over a year and a half. What what did you have? So I could just have the sense of memory. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> back in the days, back in the olden days when we went outside. What what you eating? What did you have? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so I need,
5: um, I needed snacks for the football games because I plan to write and watch the games. So um, I got, I got a, I got two ultimate cheeseburgers. They got oh, the oh,
3: were they greasy? I got,
5: they got greasy two egg rolls. So of course, they were greasy. <laughs> yeah, they, they got the order wrong. So oh. I Got some egg rolls, some fries, and oh, um, oh two tacos. So God damn, what you doing? <laughs> world uh, will live has diminished immensely in the past three to four weeks. So I'm just like, who cares? If I make it through January, I'll regroup, reset. Yeah. My, uh, my grocery order is vegetable heavy. It's very nutrient dense. So I was just like, fuck it. I did get an apple pie with salted caramel ice cream though. Damn. Um, uh they probably don't have it in stock, but I got it just in case they do. Yes, um, they're bad. Um, <laughs>
3: you doing big things over there. Yes, all yes, right. Yes. Continue <laughs> munching.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> so anyway, welcome to the show, you guys. Um, let's start with you. We all, most people are familiar with Rich. But so what we'll do is we'll introduce you, Jesse, talk about your background, how you got into the game. And then um, we'll, when you, we'll, we'll talk about Hollywood here, we'll talk about how you and Rich came together and we'll bring them in. Okay. Feel good. free. Yeah. The floor is yours.
4: Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, so I guess, um, you know, make a little cliche, but like I've been writing for as long as I can remember just since I was like a kid. I used to like write little poems and stuff and like put them in girls lockers. And like, that was like my thing. Um, but like, as far as screenwriting goes, I really got into it in, uh, undergrad. I went to the illustrious Morgan state university in Baltimore, Maryland, the best HBCU in America. And, um,
2: why? Why I... Rich laughing at you? Why Bridget's laughing at you?
5: <laughs> I love. I don't know. Well, everybody who went to the who went to HBCU, see you, went to the best HBCU. Like,
3: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I, grew up. in the <laughs> C- I'm sorry. And what's the best HBCU?
5: None North
3: of them.
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> HU, you know, <laughs>
4: uh, Bison Territory. Oh, I, wait, which HU? I don't even know. Wait, which one? Uh, is that Hampton University Howard I don't I don't know confusion Morgan State University that's the best HBCU okay, Morgan
3: State <laughs>
2: Morgan State Got it we just teasing you Go uh, ahead. <laughs> um
4: so I was acting um I had done like uh the the first thing that I ever did was like a, a commercial like a, a national commercial for like mental health or something like that and I became Zag eligible it was super cool um but i wasn't getting like there like the, there were no opportunities for like shorts or anything like that in baltimore um so i was like well i can write i'm a, you know i'm a quick study um so i wrote my own script and the first thing i ever wrote was called discovered it was a musical comedy drama um and uh, i produced it and it aired locally in baltimore and um it was all fun so i, I really just took like all of my skills my background in like event planning and all this uh, everything. And I uh, used it to produce this, uh, this pilot. Um, At the same time, I was doing like a lot of stuff on campus. I was heavily involved in like extracurricular activities. I was also, I had like this, like this past life um, where I was a party host and party promoter. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) You ain't but 16 now. How are you gonna do all that?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh my name was Pretty Boy Jay and um Okay, now like... listen. Listen. <laughs> I,
3: thought, I, I know folks can't see this, but he looks like he's sixteen. It is. He it got is the a... voice of a grown, grown ass it man. Is. He you know what? You, you know what? <laughs> got that he, radio he's, voice, he's, don't he? he's a vampire. He's a vampire Se- basically
2: Look, Se- sexual chocolate. That's okay. what I mean. <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
4: But that, that was, that was my name. And, uh, um, I used like a lot of resources to shoot at like different clubs around town. And, um, uh, I, we used to always have like celebrities. Uh, we used to bring celebrities to my, the parties that I would host and stuff. So I used all my resources basically to like produce that, that first, um, pilot. And, uh, since then I was just like, I was addicted. I loved it. I ended up producing about three more shorts in undergrad. Um, and then immediately after, I moved to Los Angeles, because uh, that had always been my dream. Um, I graduated, and then over the summer, I worked at Verizon. I was like, I'm going to work here for a year. I'm going to save up $20,000. Then I'm going to go to Los Angeles. Man, I, I was at Verizon for three months, and I was like, fuck. I'm, I'm sorry, can you
2: cut? Oh, dude. You clearly don't know. <laughs> <Okay. me>. <laughs> <laughs>
4: sorry. I, I was like, fuck this shit. Uh, this is not for me. Um, so I quit. And I only had $3,000 uh, when I moved to Los Angeles, and that's not a lot of money. Um, that's I about what lucky- I had. <laughs> yeah, I had
2: like 1700
4: Less yeah. than me, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I was struggling with the, with the three, and I got lucky uh, because my uncle lived in um, uh, Bellflower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went and I stayed with him um, because my cousin had just went to college, so I stayed with him. And I stayed with him for, for about three months. And then one day he came to me, he was like, yeah, I need $1,700 for rent next month. And I was like, well, I'll see you later. Um, in, his def- <laughs> in his defense, we I, I, we weren't very close. I didn't know him because uh, he lived in California. I lived in Maryland my whole life. We had never met before then. Um, so I feel like he did his familial duty by letting me stay rent-free for three months. Um so I left there, and I went to North Hollywood, and I lived in like this roach-infested, like two-bedroom, mm-hmm. um, with this small family. It was a woman, and her daughter, and her mother, and they all three lived in the living room, and they were renting out the two bedrooms. Right. And so I had the master bedroom, which is not saying a lot. Um, it was disgusting. It was roach-infested, <laughs> and I was, I'm a little <laughs> and I'm like I, I called my mom. I was like, Mom, I can't, I can't do this. I can't live here. <laughs> um, but she was like, uh, well, actually she didn't say anything. She didn't really offer like any, any great advice, uh, other than, Did, uh, she,
3: did I, she answer the phone?
4: And she, she offered to, to help me pay the first month. And then when the second month came, I was like, I'm coming home. And she was like, well, you're not coming here. So,
2: Hilarious.
4: um, <laughs> she, she's a, she's a, uh, uh, what's the word, aggressive supporter of, of my dreams, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, during that time, uh, my uncle who had been living out in, Hol- who lived out in Hollywood for about 30 years pursuing a career in acting, and he, he did a lot of things. He launched a career, people like, uh, I forgot her name, the black girl from Stay by the Bell. Her name is escaping me. Uh, um, yeah. but I, and some some other things. people. Mm-hmm. He was an acting coach in Long Beach for a while. Um, Tom Moses and his daughter, Christina Moses, um, who's now a series regular on um, A Million Little Things on ABC, mm-hmm. uh, lived out here. Um, and he set up, set up a meeting for me with Lloyd J. Swartz, who is the creator of the Brady Bunch, or one of the creators of the Brady Bunch. And, um, you know, after I had my lunch with Lloyd, I could tell that he was really doing it as like a favor to, to my uncle, because he kept saying, like, make sure you tell your uncle that I met with you. Uh, but anyway, during that meeting, um, I learned a lot. Uh, he, off- he offered to be used as a resource. He also offered to introduce me to his son who worked in development at e1 oh. um, and so that was sort of like my be- like the beginning of like me learning how important networking is in this industry and who you know and, and all that other stuff. Um, I continued I was on my acting grind. Um, you know I got an agent, and you know I was, I was booking stuff. Uh, pretty consistently, but it was always small stuff like budgie videos and like music videos and, and stuff like that. Um, and I came back home. I attended a practice for a modeling troupe, um, which is like, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but it's like a, a group of models that put on fashion shows for like the community. And it's, it, it's, re- it's mostly African-American and it's really big in like Washington, D.C. Um, but I attended one of their rehearsals. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, she was in the, in the modeling troupe. And I, when I was seeing these people rehearse, I was like, oh, wow, these people are fucking nuts. They need like a reality show <laughs> or something. <laughs> right. um, and I was like, oh, I know somebody who, who works in like reality TV development because of Lloyd J. Schwartz's son, Elliot. Uh, so I arranged a meeting with him. Um, I pitched him the show. He was like, this is super fascinating. Never heard, it. Never heard of this before. They came back, and he was like, yeah, but we're going to have to pass. Um, and that's, you know, I, I wish I would have known that I would have heard that statement probably about like, <laughs> exactly. a years. Um,
1: <laughs>
4: a couple of weeks passed and I actually got the opportunity to pitch to the, um, vice president at WeTV, Angela Malloy, who became a good friend. And, um, when she learned about this unworked this world, she was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to buy it. So me, not knowing anything, I went back to E1, and uh, I was like, "Um, well, you know, this network wants to buy it, so uh, do you guys, like, want to help me? Like, I don't really know how this works. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they were like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, let's do it. A
5: couple
4: of weeks ago, they passed, Mm -hmm. but um, I I didn't know anyone else that worked at any production company, so I really had no, like, guidance whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I went back to the back to the uh, my friends at the network, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get paid. I don't know anything. And this black woman that worked there—it's always black women looking out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, "I got you. Don't worry." I think she went to Howard, so she was like, uh, "HBCU, you know, I got you. Don't mm-hmm. worry." She set up meetings for me, and I ended up signing with Gersh, mm-hmm. and that's how I got my agent um, that I'm still with to this day. Uh, I linked up with my agent. They, uh, you know, they offered. E1 offered me a very, very shitty deal. Mm-hmm. Uh That's what they do with every first-timer. And I was...
2: Especially thinking in reality.
4: Right.
5: <laughs> <religion>. was, <laughs>
2: <and> they
4: are doing <laughs> right. And I was thinking brand new. I had no idea. Like, I had no idea. So, um, But my agent came back and she was like, y'all are tripping. He got the cast, he made the casting tape, and he got the network involved.
2: Yeah, he's the no. EP. <laughs> <Right>.
4: <laughs> exactly. Um, So the show sat on E1 shelf for a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: They didn't do anything even though tv was already committed. They said that they wanted to, they wanted to produce it. E1 already had a lot of shows with WeTV, a lot of shows like hit shows mm-hmm. and they were more focused on those. So we were constantly hitting them up like when are we going to do it? when are we going to do it? They came back with excuses like um well, you know, we wanna wait because we know that we already have four shows with them. So we wanna wait till next quarter. So we wanna give this show a better chance and all this other crap. Uh during like the it was probably had to be like a six month waiting process, WTV's infrastructure changed and um they wiped their slate completely clean. Uh, and then they were like, We're no longer you know, we're no longer yeah. interested in this show. I was devastated. I was over it. Um I remember calling my agent, I was like I was like I, I, if you want to drop me, I completely understand because I'm basically <laughs> like I, I can't all you anything. Aww. And uh, what she said to me actually still sticks sticks with me to this day. She was like, "Don't be ridiculous, Jesse. Like you're one of the you've gotten further than people that are twice your age on my roster. Um, it's going to happen for you, and when it happens for you, it's going to happen all at once, and it's going to be wonderful." And um, hey, hey, can, I I,
2: I, can I interrupt you and ask you a quick question? When you pitched, did you just verbally pitch? Did you have any visuals? Like, what did you do to, to show them this world? Or were you just, was it just a visual verbal pitch in the way that you did it, you know?
4: It, um, so I did pitch them verbally, but I did have a visual that I sent to them as a follow-up. And um, basically what it was, it was uh, basically compilations of what modeling troops uh, do because nobody knew what they did. And um, what they do, it's very fascinating. It's, it, it's very like, interesting to watch so i thought that that would capture their attention and luckily it did and i was also lucky because um one of the modeling troops they hire like uh, professionals to film all of their shows um so it looked like it was really good quality so i just mm-hmm. like put it in i don't even think i use final cut it was like windows media <laughs> 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 or whatever to just do like a really yeah. simple like reel mm-hmm. and um yeah and that's what i showed the the executives and they were like we love this we want to get to know the characters a little bit more uh, so yeah, that's what I used. And um, so, yeah, my agent, she didn't drop <laughs> really. me. Um, she set up, like, a couple of meetings for me with, like, other production companies. And I uh, reached out to some people that I had come to know. Um, and I ended up, the show ended up resting with Brian Grady Media. And then from there, Brian Grady Media, we sold it to Bravo. We flew out to D.C. to film the pilot. Uh, Bravo came back and then they passed. And then we took it to um BT. And then BT had like six different iterations of the show. Wow. Uh they ultimately passed. And now it's now it's currently somewhere else. Um, and I'm not even saying I mean at this point I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> um, whatever. Um and then but over the course of that time, because that, that happened over some years. Mm-hmm. Um, over the course of that time, I set up a couple, a couple of other different shows. Um, one show I set up at Bono Murray, which was an amazing experience, um, and they taught me the woman there, her name is Asia Corpus, when she taught me how I'm really supposed to be treated as an independent producer, right. uh, because I I didn't know, but up until then, no one had treated me right. And of course, it was a black woman who treated mm-hmm. me how I was supposed to be treated mm-hmm. um, when it came to being like an independent producer. But the show that yeah. I set up over there was um, Anthony Anderson came aboard as a uh, executive producer. It was called The Spicy Life. It was super, it was a super fun show. Um, and then the other, the modeling troop show. At one point, Tyra Banks. That's when it was at BT. Tyra Banks was coming aboard as a uh, as a producer, mm-hmm. as an executive producer. Um, so I was really surprised when the show didn't work over at BT. But you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like and then I, I've set up like a, a whole bunch of like other different shows of like, uh, 44 blue, um, obviously E One. a bunch of shows are at Brian granted media. I have a lot of great friends over there. Nice. Um, so yeah, so that, that's sort of like, that's sort of what I, what was my bread and butter for a while. Uh, but during all that time I was still acting a lot. I was still producing, um, my own shorts. Uh, one of my shorts won first place at the AT&T film festival called the talk. Cool. Uh, it's probably my favorite project that I've ever done. It, it it just shows like two families, two very similar families having two very different conversations.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, and um, I entered a couple of screenwriting competitions while, so basically like I was trying to do like, I was trying to do like a little bit of everything. And um, people kept asking me whenever I would have like generals or just meeting someone like which I preferred the writing, the acting or directing and I can never answer Um, because I turned down a couple of, like, development jobs um, because I was like, I I really don't want to work at one place and how Mm -hmm. can I still act and stuff like this. And um, it wasn't until recently that I sort of, like, pinned down how I wanted to sort of make my way in this industry Mm -hmm. Um, because it is very difficult for and very rare for people to break in as just, like, all three. Like, you're a writer, actor, and a producer. Um, It's much more common for people to, like, Have their way in doing one thing, and then Mm -hmm. when they establish doing this one thing, then they break off and do these others.
2: It's it's funny you say that, but you can be a triple threat as an actor. (laughs) You could sing, you could dance, you could do. You know, it's it's interesting. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
4: (laughs) Absolutely, one hundred percent. So I I think that like I uh, for me I had to realize like the acting grind. Like I was I saw I see all my friends. I always use my best friend as an example. Her name is Angelica Washington. She's on uh CW Stargirl. She plays uh Beth Chapel or Dr. Midnight, the superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, but like her grind, like as an actor, uh, was something that I was not doing. And uh <laughs> and like the work that she put in, oh my God, it was inspiring, but it wasn't what I was doing. Like I would much rather like write something and then be in it as opposed to like um going on like 100,000 auditions right. and only getting like, one like I can really think like I've been on a lot of auditions like a lot I've even tested for some pilots. You know, I've I've done a lot and there were very few roles that i got super excited about mm-hmm. Um, I was going out for like a lot of like heartthrob Not that there's anything wrong with that because it's very necessary But I was going out for like a lot of heartthrob roles and like stuff that I didn't like didn't fulfill me like artistically and um
2: that's I what just, you get for being pretty Ricky. See I'm t- see,
3: see, <laughs> see? <laughs> the audacity. <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> to be that to be that good looking and going in like, eh, I just don't want to be a throw. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 you cannot have these books. I have to take them away from you right now. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <there it> <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, for
4: for a while it got it got extremely hard in Los Angeles uh, for me. Uh, There's one year in particular, um, I was working as a casting associate producer, totally random. I was casting for the Food Network. And- um,
3: ah, the Food Network, the, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah,
4: for the Food Network. I thought, I thought casting would be fun. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool, but um, casting for reality TV, at least with, with what I was doing, it felt a lot of like telemarketing. I was just, like calling random restaurants and trying to get them interested in a TV show. And this isn't like the year 2000 where everyone's jumping to be on TV. Right. Like people, people were rude. <laughs> um, they were like, please take me off your list. I don't want to be on a TV show. I don't. So it, it was, it felt like a lot like telemarketing and the hours were very long. The commute was two hours. Uh, it was, just, it was, it was a lot. And um, it really wasn't like where my heart truly was. And, um, on top of that, it was only like a four-week gig, mm. so I'm concerned with like finding something after the four weeks are over. And I had come to a point in my LA matriculation where I was like, I think that like I've had enough, mm. and um, I want to leave. And I think that I'm done with, with LA. I don't maybe this just isn't for me. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to sit on here and tell my life story, but there were a lot of things that happened well, where like I, I let love me
2: people. ask you this though: Did you feel? Because, and I wonder, I wonder if this is why you're, you're, you're getting some success now because you come from that. I'm going to make it myself thing, you know, which is with Lisa and I, we come from the indie world, you know, we're like not waiting for Hollywood. You know, there's something about that. Like you feel like you could do that anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I wonder going back to Maryland, you're like, I still can put this together. I know how to put together a team. You know what I mean?
4: Absolutely. So yeah. Absolutely. That, I, yeah. I think my, my, my issue was like, I, I didn't want to like, make it independently. I wanted to work within the studio system, right. but I wanted them to, in order to work inside the studio system without accepting a job, which I, I didn't do, they would have to buy my stuff and they weren't buying it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it, it was, you know, living and working in Los Angeles, it can all of the rejection can feel very personal. And I was getting rejected as an actor daily, I was getting rejected as a producer daily. I was getting rejected as a writer daily, so it was three times the rejection. And and the, I was meeting with Awesomeness CD and and, mm-hmm. and you know 20th Century Fox, like these big places were hearing my pitches and they were reading my scripts and all this other stuff. And um, I wasn't getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I I always say like I felt like I was getting three times the rejection than like my friends who did like one thing
2: were
4: yeah. <laughs> rejected across the board. And then eventually um. Because I had so much success before I moved to Los Angeles, I started to take it personally. And um, it was a very dark time for me. And I don't even want to really go there. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it, a very dark time. And um, so after I got that job, that was my sort of like stab at doing something, getting a regular job, but still staying inside the industry. And then mm-hmm. when I hated that, I was like, yeah, maybe this just isn't for me. Um, and my best friend, my other best friend at the time, who's not in the industry, she was working as a flight attendant. She was just telling me it was her she was having the time of her life. She was like I'm flying everywhere. I'm in Bora board today, baby. Like what's right. up? So uh, she was like, You need to become a flight attendant. So wow. I was like, I'm gonna become a flight attendant. Uh, so I,
3: <laughs> I love this. I can tell you I love this. Go ahead, go on. Keep going. <laughs> tell me more.
4: I applied for United to be a flight attendant for United. I got the I got the interview. They flew me out to Houston. They put me up in a nice hotel for they, the interview you, stuff. I, all that? Yeah. Well, oh they're the airline, so it don't mean they're nothing. the airline.
3: It ain't going cost nothing. It's like, we ain't got to throw them on the plane. Come on.
2: Look, write it off. Write it off, bitch. Write it <laughs> off.
4: <Right>. <laughs> 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 they flew me to Houston. It was so lit. I fell in love with Houston. It's such a beautiful city. Um. And uh, I met a lot of people there. And there were people there at the airline, at the airline <laughs> interview, or they did the. White interview who had applied six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Really? Like, there was one girl, she was like, Yeah, I've been applying for about I've applied ten times now. This is my first in person interview. Wow. And here I am. I was like, oh bitch, well, I just you know, I just, <laughs> just you know. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: You know what that's like, Lisa? Like all the all the people we have a lot of friends, uh, Jesse, who Try to get into like the Disney program and all that, and it takes them three or four times to get in. And some of our friends, the first time they, they, they submitted, they got in. I was
3: embarrassed a couple of times with some things that, oh, yeah, you, yeah, I probably got it, and they're just like, oh, I've been trying this, like, and you feel bad because it's like, do. So, I do. mean, it's no, it's yeah. no, it's no test it to their talent It's just like it just the luck of the draw whoever was picking that year or whatever the thing was but yeah i feel you sitting there like ooh, i just showed up and <laughs>
4: <laughs> See, <laughs> here i, I am those, those flight attendants like the ways they hire them is very vain like it, it's extremely vain um and they talked about like we received one hundred thousand applications and you guys are the lucky and i was like sitting there like ah whatever. Well, I don't even want to be here. <laughs> so I go in for the interview. They're very <laughs> impressed with my resume. I worked at Michael Kors, Wade, in undergrad at Nordstrom and all these other luxury places. And I have worked at Sixth when I first came, came out to Los Angeles. I worked there, uh, all these odd jobs. So everywhere that I worked, I worked at like the luxury version. Mm-hmm. Um. And did so, you go and
3: did you go? Did you go on smelling good too? like the luxury cologne and stuff on? Like, oh yeah, all right. I had
4: my, go- I had my. Go- that's, that's every day though. I
3: have you wearing Gucci. Gucci? Listen, listen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and my
4: suit was Gucci too. So you okay. know, like. Okay. I- <laughs> <laughs> um. So long story short, they hired they hired me on the spot. Mm. Um, and. That, and that's another thing that I guess they didn't do. They usually have, like, three or four interview rounds. They hired me on the spot, and they were like, We want you to come back in two weeks um, or a six-week training. Hmm. Now, like, the way that the flight attendant thing works, you have to, like, go, you have to move to, like, where a base is available. And I think the nearest base was, like, San Francisco. Hmm. Now, in my head, I said, like, oh, I'm giving up on, like, this Hollywood thing. But in my heart, I would feel like, well, I still want to try Like, I still want to at least be able to, like, attend auditions and stuff. So, like, I don't want to move. So, I got back to L.A., and I called a couple of friends, and I was, like, you know, like, this is a really great opportunity. Like, 100,000 people applied, and I got the job. Great. And I remember a friend of mine, his name is Tim. He's, like, 68. He's really old guy, but he's a great friend of mine. And he was, like, Jesse, you know, like, I've been working in Hollywood for, like, 40 years. and um. You are meeting with people that I got to meet within my 50s. Like, you're in rooms that there are 100,000 of of people in LA mm-hmm. who can't get to the rooms. Like, have you thought about that? And um, it really gave me some perspective. So, I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't know what I was going to do. I turned down the job, the flight <laughs>
3: attendant job. And did you talk to your sixty-eight-year-old your, your, your friend and say, "Can I stay at your house then?" Since you.
4: <laughs> it's funny that you say that, Lisa, because this is what happened next. I turned down that job, and it's like everything went downhill.
1: Mm. My
4: dad died. Oh uh, no. Then the roommates that I were living with they left in the middle of the night. They just like skipped <laughs> out in the middle of the night. Yeah, oh, wow. and they were paying me their portion of the rent via cash app. They requested all of their money back, and so it like. Emptied out my bank account.
1: Wow. I couldn't pay
4: my rent, so they evicted me.
1: Wow. I
4: moved all of my stuff into my car to go stay with my friend. My car got stolen. Overnight. What? What? Yeah. With
2: all your stuff in it?
4: All of my everything that I owned, every Gucci suit. <laughs> every, <Wow. laughs> everything wow. that I owned was inside of the car. And um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a very tough cookie. You know, I had a kind of a hard life growing up. So I, I, I'm very tenacious. Right. I, but at that point, I was like, God, do you hate me? Like, what <laughs> is going on? Did I do something? Right. <laughs> like, nothing is, nothing is going right. And um, it was extremely hard. Mm. It was an extremely hard time. And um, I told my friend, a friend of mine, that I was just going to go back home. Her name is Malaysia. She's uh, she owns her own business. She owns her own hair company. Mm-hmm. All you ladies that are looking for like good wigs, lace ballet, <laughs> <laughs> <I gotta laughs> shout it out.
3: lace front, the, the good the good bundles, girls, the good bundles. <laughs>
4: she so she's very she's very successful. I mean, she had a she lived in a penthouse. She had a two bedroom in Los Angeles, and the other bedroom was empty. Like who does that in L.A. And um, those wings cost
2: two, three thousand dollars. That's why <laughs> they don't be glad. <right>.
4: Shit. <laughs> <She told laughs> I was gonna go home, and she was like, "That no, that's ridiculous." When I came here, I stayed with you, and my best friend stayed with you, and you didn't even know her. You're coming to stay with me until you get on your feet. Hmm. Um, so I went to stay with her, and it wasn't easy because all that stuff happened to me. I lost. I had literally lost everything. That's not even an understatement. But also, my dad died, and um. I was his oldest and it like he he was brain dead so I had to decide when to pull the plug. It was a lot. Right. And I was like destitute. It felt like I didn't I had nothing. Um and so like it took me a while to like get on my feet. It took me like a good 7 months and she never rushed me. She never, you know, bothered, asked me to pay rent or anything like that. When I did get back on my feet, I paid her of of course. Um but she never asked she, she never requested it. Even afterwards, she never asked. Um, but the thing that I did, one thing that I did, because I felt like I needed to win because I hadn't had one in so long. I went to school. I was always a scholar. I've always gotten good grades. I was in AP classes, you know, I was, you know, I was always dean's list, all that stuff. So I was like, well, if there's one thing I know that I'm good at, it's school. And I'd always wanted to get my master's degree. Um, but I just didn't know when. So I was like, why not now? I have nothing. So why not get a master's degree? Um, So I went back to school and it really like helped. It really helped just like my, my state of mind, my mental. Um, And what what did you study? Producing. Okay. I got my master's in producing and I really didn't need it. Like I honestly didn't learn much if I'm being completely honest. Like I I didn't learn much at all because I already, I was already working in the industry as a producer. Um, So I really didn't learn much at all, Uh, but it was fun. And, it gave my life some organization. And I'm not, I am not recommending this to anyone. This is just for Jesse and what works for Jesse. I knew that if I went to school, I was going to get a 4.0 and I would feel good about myself. And that's what happened.
3: I'm on the Danes <laughs> list. bitch. I'm on the Dean's list.
4: Who can tell me? And then of course, uh, like COVID happened. But... Teach um,
2: his pet. Teach his pet. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: so I, I went to school, I got the Deeds List and I graduated, COVID happened, um, I had to come back home. Um, but I was just I was feeling I was feeling better at this point. Um, a friend of mine hit me up. Her name is Ashley Soto Pennyagua. She writes on the Proud Family mm-hmm. currently. And uh we have worked together like previously, like we're gonna do like this uh this sketch comedy series that I was producing for her and um, like she knows that like I'm a mover and a shaker. Like I I, I get things done. So whenever like she wants to do something, she will always hit me up. And she hit me up and she was like, I have this idea for uh, emerging black writers. I want to like pair them with like established writers so that they can meet them and they can network in like vir- in, like a virtual coffee situation. This was in the midst of COVID, and this was during the uh, George Floyd riots. Mm-hmm. So when you know when the country cared about us. For that brief moment <laughs> uh,
3: <so>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that went away quick didn't
3: it <laughs> one moment in time <laughs> hey that's what it is <laughs> I, was,
4: I was like ashley that's a great idea um she was like but we need a name and i was like well let's call it raise the percentage because we want to raise the percentage of black writers and writers rooms across america um this was on my bucket list i had I had started Hollywood here like a couple of years ago and I'd only done like a few very small programs, but I really didn't have the time or sources or energy to fit like all of my resources into it to do something big. Uh, so when she was like, well, we need something to host this under, I was like, well, let's do it under Hollywood here. Um, because I already, I already have the company and, um, we've done some, programs. uh, and I have some writers in my database that, that we could, you know, help. Mm-hmm. And so we, we only planned to do, like, a couple of virtual coffees. Uh, you know, coffees, asking people out for coffees is what helped her career. Mm-hmm. That lunch with Lloyd Schwartz helped my career, and me reaching out to people in the past, asking them for coffees helped my career. So we thought that this would help people in mass. We had no idea that it would be su- as successful as it came to be. <clears throat> we only thought that we were going to do about, a, about 50 or so. Um, she reached out to her network of established writers, um, I think uh, Kylie Donovan on Grey's Anatomy, she reached out to her. And then Kylie sent it to Krista Vernoff, who's the showrunner for Grey's That's Anatomy.
2: my friend. That's my girl. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, Krista was like, Oh, I love this. It's amazing. Can I send it to my network? And we were like, Hell yeah. Uh, so she sent it to her network, and it just blew up. I mean, <clears throat> Peter Gold, uh, Courtney Kemp, mm-hmm. uh, Abby Jacobson, uh, Rachel Bloom, uh, Mike Sickowitz. Uh, I could go on and on. It was so you just amazing. you just had Amy
2: and Obi on the other day, right?
4: Hey, yes, yes. Amy and Obi did mm-hmm. it. Uh, Felicia, uh, is proud. I think I think Felicia Proud. She writes on Grey's Anatomy as well. Pride, Felicia Pride. Sorry, yep. yeah, Felicia. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a whole, like it. It was three hundred and twenty-five established writers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't possibly name them all, but so many, so many amazing people like were reaching out to us like people that I never thought that I would ever meet mm-hmm. were like, hey, Jesse, hey, Ashley, this is amazing. Can I sign up? Fuck right. yeah, you can sign up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for <clears throat> like the writers, we had 2,000 emerging writers, black emerging writers sign up. And we were not interested in cre- creating additional barriers to entry. Mm-hmm. So the only requirements were that you had to be black, you had to be a writer, and that you had to attend a, a webinar where we taught you the do's and don'ts of a virtual coffee. That mm-hmm. was it. Um, we coordinated, uh, about 1200 virtual coffees within one week. It was during the week of Juneteenth. Um, we, we coordinated 1200 virtual coffee meetings during that week.
2: So these one-on-ones for the writers, for the, for the emerging writers with the experienced writers, is that what Yes. So So like meet and greets? Yeah.
4: Okay. The emerging writers got to have a one-on-one virtual coffee and they, they are meet and greet. Yes. Um. But the way that we taught them how to have them, we taught them to build a relationship with sure. them so that it could become something more and so it's not like a one off like uh, speed dating thing where it's yeah. just like, hey, I met you, cool, that's it. Mm-hmm. We taught them how to like build a relationship with these writers. So like it's not about, you know, your script. Right. Being honest. Like, n- like I people typically don't care if I'm just being honest. Like <laughs> and you think that you have the next best thing. And someone 10 years ago probably had, to, uh, had a similar idea. Your focus is not to go in here and pitch your story. Like, that's not the focus because no one's going to care about your story because they don't care about you. Um, get this person to know who you are. Build a relationship with this individual because you're not going to get much in 30 minutes. 30 minutes is just the tip of the iceberg. Your goal is to get a second meeting. Your goal is to get them to say, oh, I, would love, to, I love you so much, I want to read something. I want to help you. Like, that's the goal. Um, I had no idea that, like, a lot of people didn't know that. Like, a lot of people, a, a lot of the emerging writers contacted us after the webinar, and they were like, thank you so much. I didn't know this. And I'm, like, ignorantly, I'm like, Everybody, I thought this was common sense. <laughs> um, but it wasn't common sense. And um, I was arrogant in assuming that. Uh, so that, that part really helped, like, a lot of people, uh, the webinar. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, uh, some people got staffed from this. Thanks. From the raise the percentage week, some a writer's assistant uh, on a, one person got a writer's assistant job on a Netflix show. People got repped. Some someone got repped at UTA. A lot of people got repped. A lot of places. Mm-hmm. I was on clubhouse the other day, and I was on the stage, and this girl came into the room. She was like, "Jesse, hi. You don't know me, but I participated in raise the percentage, and because of that meeting, I have a meeting with G Unit next week. Oh, Fifty right. cents production company, and I'm super excited about. It. I'm like that's can I get a no. meet with him?
5: Um, <laughs> uh, so it, it was
4: it was great. Uh, it was so great that the head of programming at ABC, Vicky Dummer, um, reached out to me and she was like, this is amazing. I want you to come and do a similar program for ABC. What? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and what's crazy is like I didn't even respond to her first message because I was like, this isn't real. And she was like, Hello. <laughs> like, she was like hello <laughs> I'm, i want to meet with you right. <laughs> um so i met with her wheezy lady i've ever met in Hollywood. oh my god so genuine so amazing so nice and um uh i was like let's open this up to so, like walt disney like not just abc network so abc Networks, 20th century fox abc signature marvel uh disney channel disney jr freeform all of those executives from those uh all of those places network studios um met with 700 emerging writers at wow. the end of August.
2: That's crazy.
4: And they got to make these connections. And it was bizarre. My brother participated. He, he never tells anyone that he's my brother, because he doesn't want <laughs> anyone to think he's getting special treatment, which he's not. He doesn't, because I don't do that. Uh, but he, the person that he met with, I think it was like the head of 20th Century Fox comedy, I think it was. Um, he, like everyone that he met with, he put them in like a... Uh, happy hour where they could like meet each other and network laterally and stuff. And while he was in there, my brother uh, told me that he was one, he was the youngest person. He's 36. He was the youngest person in the room. And there was someone in there that was like, I've been in the industry for like 25 years. I've never met anyone of that, that, that high up. I've, I've never been able to land a meeting. And I had met with people like that vice presidents and heads of networks and studios and stuff. And I had been taking it for granted for so long. So like this experience was like a a, a learning. It, it it taught me so much to like be grateful for like what I what I've done like right. so far because right. I'm one of those well I'm one of those people where I'm like okay great I got a ninety nine great I could have got a hundred so like that like I'm, right. I'm one of those people right. so like great I sold a show it didn't get picked up like so that was me right.
2: and um, I relate to that
4: yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I realized that like it's okay to pat yourself on the back and say, "Hey, Jess, you've done a great job. you know these people know you, these people like you, these people trust you, um, these people calling you if they need something, and that's, that's a win like mm-hmm. it's okay. I always dreamed that I wanted to be young, rich and beautiful it's okay if I'm Old, rich, and beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, I said, no,
3: no. Look, oh, look, he talking 22. stuff. Looking like, uh, look, looking like uh. a vampire over here. <laughs> you know, gonna live several lifetimes. Gonna tell the story to us. All right, we hear you. But you know what? It's, it's the fact that you said that—that that so many people were jumping to this. It's amazing how we're in the middle of this pandemic and how the shift in how people think about networking and and working has shifted too. Because they have to think and act in different ways they they haven't had before. And the fact that people are having these virtual coffee things where they probably would never think about doing it in the olden days of the regular before times, where it's like, you know what? There's this shift. It's like, there's something else. And to think that you probably did more than the Disney Fellowship has done in 25 years (laughs) in its existence in terms of connecting people with people and actually having something come out of it. But that's just me talking, and it might be the wine, so let me shut up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so let's, um, this, this is
2: really fascinating, um, Jesse, you know, the Hollywood here, all the things you guys are doing. Let's, let's bring in Richard Scott and talk about how he came into this and how you guys are working together. What's that, Rich? Hey. I know we spent a long time with him, but he had some I'm nice. good
5: I I just learned to shut up and let people have their spotlight. So (laughs) it's just is what it is. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I guess really briefly, um, I was one of the participants with Hollywood Here, and it's funny because Dallas Rico, who we both know, Hilliard, I was in a pit, yeah, around this time, um, I too have a whole lot of trauma during (laughs) the past year. Jesse, I I don't know if we've talked about it, but, you know, it was pretty rough, actually. So around this time, I was probably in my one of my worst states. And um, I had COVID during this time when Hollywood here um, was announced. And so I was, at, I was going through it and my friend Dallas hit me up and was just checking on me. And he was like, oh yeah, hey, um, check this out. It's on Instagram. And I was like, I don't have Instagram. <laughs> and um, that's something we Dallas- hit what i so you. Get on me about, because I'm just not very active on it.
3: Um, I, hey, I am the same way. Like I have it, but I'm not on air, but I, apparently I yeah. need to be
5: on there. <laughs> Yeah, I just I feel like I, I'm I, I'm very Trumpish in my reaction sometimes, so I'm worried about having a uh, Twitter fingers or Insta fingers because you know I don't have very much of a filter. Yeah, he be he
2: be going in for those people who don't know. No. Do, do not come at Rich. He will yes. tell.
5: Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's a couple. I got a couple incels and cucks on uh, Facebook. These uh, Trump supporters. and ah. I just... I, I want to end their life. Like, I genuinely want to go in there and end their life. Like, I have the tools to do it. <laughs> I just keep thinking, like, one day I want to run for president, so I can't I can't, I can't do alienate that. all of them. Yeah. So, um, this close, though. But when I see him in real life, I'm going to have words for him. I'm going to be like, oh, you talk all that shit now. Where's your noose? I'm here. Um, where's your noose? I'm right here. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see it. See what you're going to do. Because uh, they really think black folks don't own guns, legally. Like, the fuck? Anyways, um... <laughs> So I was going through all that, and um, and then Hollywood here came about, and I was like, oh shit! Well, let me hop back on Instagram. So uh, yeah, I signed up for it, and it was it was cool. I did the virtual coffee thing, and then it was um, it was cool because I hopped on like right as they did it, like I think within minutes, and I had gone through the list and I created like this <clears throat> spreadsheet of like who should I reach out to, and. Um, I chose Craig Doyle from uh, Grownish and um, Blackish uh, specifically because those are two shows that I really enjoy. Two shows I'd actually written a spec for Grownish and blah, blah, blah. And I was lucky enough to get him. He was like my first round draft pick. So uh, I got a meeting with Craig, and you know, he talked. I love Craig because he talks like when you. When you- Craig talks. And you just got to listen. That's how he rolls. And that's cool because uh, he's got a lot of wisdom to offer. So our meeting was only supposed to be half an hour. I want to be like hour, 10 hour, 15 minutes. And, you know, at the end of that meeting, he was like, you know, um, this doesn't have to be it. And so I'm very thankful for that. And then fast forward a week or two later this other writing opportunity came about where his managers actually wound up reading my material. So I emailed him and then he sent in a word to his managers and then, you know, four scripts of them reading later, they they sent me an offer. And I think, you know, Hollywood here had a lot to do with that. So it was just really cool. And so um, after I came out, of started to come out of one of my pits of despair, um, I, you know, I, I things started moving a little bit more, I was like, you know, um, I want to get back into it. So I helped Dances with Films organize one of their panels. And Hilliard was there. Jesse was there, actually, as well. I invited you both to speak in those right. panels. That was awesome, too. Yeah. And um, because I was like, you know what? Like, Jesse, like, I realized um, coming from Harvard, our writing program, they do a lot to like really empower and amplify young writers, emerging writers. But typically, they skew white and Asian. And there aren't, you know, very many, I won't say people of color, but there aren't many brown folks so i was like you know i kind of want to help more brown people and black people and then with the festival i realized you know they're emerging filmmakers i won't take that away from them but they skew heavily white and so i was like oh okay but it's still good work you know people are people are people and emerging writers are emerging writers and then uh the 2020 election happened and the head of um dances with films i won't go into too much one of the heads said something that was racially charged, uh, which was the initial reason why I quit, where my blackness was challenged, my blackness was questioned, mm. and then fast forward until I believe August, September, the other founder posted online, um, "Who should I vote for in this upcoming election? Trump or Biden? I'm torn." Wow. And so for me, or, or top five reasons why I should vote for Trump. And so I started reading this person's timeline and the posts, and I was like, you know, you you are who you associate with, and yep. ultimately, I was like, I'm using, you didn't pay me for organizing this thing, and you know, my day right now is, thank God, where it's at for a reason, because I've done good work, and I'm like, I did it for free, I no longer, I can now choose who I work for, what I work for, what end I work toward, I don't want to work for someone who, if even if you're not a Trump voter, you are casually associated with folks who are in a way that's very uncomfortable for me so much so that you're considering voting for him because you don't see a difference between trump and biden i'm like there's biden's not great but there's a huge difference between trump and biden and i was like you know i can't do it so she actually sent me an email asking me to send some stuff to hilliard and to other writers sorry guys i did not do it she asked me to like basically come assemble gift bags at her house and hand deliver them to everyone across LA amidst the pandemic for free. And I sent a very curt email uh, telling her that I would not do that. And then um, I was thinking, I still need to like, I wanna help folks, cause all this Harvard info, I have all these panels, models and cool things, black and brown people need access to this. So I hit up Jesse and was like, hey, there's this whole arm that I think we could institute um, what if we do like a programming division? I sent him a very long email, I think <laughs> <me> too, <laughs> with like an outline and proposals of what it would look like. And, you know, I'm very thankful that, you know, after a couple of days, a couple of meetings, you know, uh, Jesse came back and was like, Hey, I thought about it and let's bring you on. So I've had the pleasure of, uh, you know, being the director of programming at Hollywood here for a few months and, um, okay. Yep, okay. yeah, we're really exciting. Um, we just had two really awesome workshops panels, sorry, uh, Demystifying Relationship with Your Reps last week, which Hilliard was a, a part of along with his rep, thank you very much, you. Um, as well as my reps, and then reps uh, from Craig Doyle's uh, company, which is awesome. Nice. And then the week before that, we had a bunch of awesome writers, Linnell White, who speaks on here, Chris mm-hmm. was on it um, from here, um, as well as some other mentors. I've, um, and so it's just been a phenomenal time and uh, Adam Glass, sorry, Adam Glass and Justin Noble. let I me mean, not disrespect them. So, um, anyways, I'll shut up now. But that's my involvement. And, um, yeah, I'm just very thankful to be on the team because ultimately it's, it's about, well, I think this is what I pitched to Jesse. Jesse's creating the opportunities. Mm-hmm. He's getting them in the door. What I want to do is make sure that they are empowered so that in that opportunity they make the most of it. Right. So, it's, you know, and, and I think that's the big thing, that's a big difference with the Harvard Wood Program, they specifically train us so that when we step into a meeting, when we step into an interview, we are filled with ammunition. We're just ready to go. We're, we're, we're loaded. And I just feel like a lot of emerging writers don't get that, and that's what I would like to pr- proliferate to uh,
2: And, that's, and that's, that's one thing I love about this union between the two of you. I'm sure there's other people that work for you, too, Jesse, but... One of the things I love about Rich, and I talk about this all the time, and you have heard me say it on the show, Rich, you know, people always say, oh, uh, you know, I would love to be, you know, a mentee and learn from you and this and this. And I'm like, this is back when we could, you know, have people over at the office. This is kind of how I met Rich. I'm always like, come on by, you know what I mean? See what we're doing. Rich is one of the first people who we would all be sitting around, you know, doing the podcast. It's usually like three or four of us, you know. And somebody would be out of water. He would just pop up and go fill the, we fill the water. You know what I mean? Make yourself useful. Be that type of person. And it helps that he's super organized. You know what I mean? Way, I'm not organized hardly like that at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what you want. And I'm sure that he's bringing a lot of things to you that's making it easier for you. You know? And Because um, I'm just telling you what I know about this cat. So I'm really glad to see this union. You know, what you guys are doing. Um, and sometimes you got you to gotta pivot your life. You know, you came here to be a creative, and sometimes you end up an executive. You know, and things just change, you know, in different ways, and you actually were here to help other people. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just a be, roll with it
3: sometimes. Don't fight it all the time. It's so, Jesse, what, what's, what's the new—it's what, 2021, so for you and Rich and the rest of your crew, um, what's up next? What's on the DACA? What are some of the plans and things that we can look forward to with Hollywood here?
4: That's a really good question. That is a really good question. <laughs> um.
3: <laughs> and, if it, and if it's still in the planning or, you know, incubation days don't, you know, hey, I understand. But it's just like, it seems like you guys are like on such a strong roll now from last year. And like I said, with a new administration, some new breathing room, people are feeling a little bit less antsy, I guess you could say, because we have some adults in the house now. So, <laughs> you know, it seems like this might be a great opportunity to, you know, just, I don't know, just seeing things, things, things light and fresh a little bit right now <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, um, so it, it it is uh super new and you know I, I had to scale super quickly so like the first virtual coffee was me and, and ashley we did it together but the second one that we did with disney walt disney i did that by myself and then the one that we did with sony in december i also coordinated that one by myself um and it was a lot of work and you know, it's, it's interesting, Killer, that you, that you bring up, like, not fighting it be- because in, like, the October, November, if I'm being completely honest, um, I was having, like, a moment where I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, because this is not why, I'm not a diversity and inclusion specialist. Like, that's not what I came out to right. L.A. to do.
2: Understood. <laughs> um,
4: honestly, I mean, I'm a bit of a, a, ra- a radical. I'm more of a, a Malcolm than a a martin but (laughs) i honestly feel that like white people should be doing something like this but (laughs) like they should be doing a program like this but me and ashley did it because we wish that we had a program like this uh so it was like a for us bias type of thing um but it, it, it kind of bothers me that i sort of like as a black person who's affected by the systemic racism i have to like fix this <laughs> is the system, yeah, I have to help
3: listen <laughs> say it <laughs> say that <laughs> I, for a moment
4: there i was like i'm not the diversity and inclusion guy and it came because like i was meeting with one of the executives uh, I'm, I'm not going to name who i'm not even going to say which company but they were like this is a really great idea you can make a business out of this <laughs> um, i was like yeah you could be color of change Right, <laughs> and I, I was like, no, literally, literally. Yes. And then I was like, yeah, I mean, I definitely would love to have like this as like a nonprofit or something. But you know, I'm a creator first, and you know, I'm am I'm, I'm an actor, writer, director. And then they were like, yeah, but you can make a lot of money from this. And I was like, oh, this motherfucker, don't even see me. Like they don't see me as a creative; they see me as like the diversity and inclusion guy. And I was I was sp- speaking to another executive who works in development at ABC. And she was like, you know, like, similar to what you said. She was like, don't fight it. Don't run run away from it. Just, like, embrace it. She was like, when I first started working here, I was like the diversity girl because I was always pushing diversity. Um, But along with that, I was also, hey, yeah, I'm doing this, but this is my path. Like, this is what I want to do. And now she works in development at ABC. So I, I decided to stop fighting it and it, it was helping a lot of people. And I was like, okay, fine, you know what, I'll continue to do it. Um, I even called Ashley at one point for some stage advice. And she was like, you know, if you want to stop now and just be like, hey, I did it, like, that's totally fine. That's, that's totally acceptable, that's totally okay. Yep. Yep. And she was like, if you want to continue to do it, that, that's okay too, it's completely up to you. You, you said, um,
2: let me just interrupt you for a second. We have about 15, 15 minutes left. Um, I thought, You said something earlier that actually registered to me. You were like, I felt like, why am I the guy who has to, you know, help these big old companies with these huge accounts who could totally afford to hire somebody to do this? You know what I mean? Why am I the one going out of my way to do all this stuff? But you got to remember that if they did that, they probably more than likely would bring in somebody white to figure that out. And it would all be wrong. So your job, unfortunately, is to go there and go, okay, let me at least – set the precedent of how this thing can go and somebody else can maintain this thing. You know, because you are in the game. You're actually on auditions. You're actually, you know, making movies and TV shows and stuff. You're the guy doing it as a black young person in this industry, you know? And so you your perspective is going to be so different than some white dude from, from marketing trying to tell us. You know, <laughs> it's going to be so- Yeah. So if that's why I'm saying sometimes you have to pivot the embrace, you know. Yeah and 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 realize I'm getting in these rooms so you have to go I'm going to go in there and be like hey here's the program and then be like hey can I meet with you after this and then you go let me tell you about what I do you know you got to learn it to this is it's almost like I'm giving them something I'm getting something I'm giving them something I'm getting something you know mm-hmm. so be yep. use it to your advantage i'm sure you have already but be thinking about that
4: yeah yeah absolutely and that that was a that was a uh uh hard lesson for, for me to learn <laughs> um, like last year but I uh, you know with helping some friends far more uh, knowledgeable than me um, I was like let's do this so basically the first thing was bringing like Richard aboard he had like hit me up and I was sort of like skeptical because I no matter what um, Hollywood here is going to continue but I'm going to take what I call the Beyonce effect um, which is
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you should
4: <laughs> <laughs> the beyonce effect so meaning like i'm not interested in like putting out programming just for the sake of it i'm not interested in like doing stuff or being on social media just because like when we come out we're going to come out we're going to hit hard and it's going to be something that's worth it like the virtual coffees were no jokes they changed people's lives we cut out the middleman there was no bullshit it was great right and it directly helped people there was no pretense no fucking bullshit none of that um so all of any programming from this point forward has to meet that standard or higher. Nice. Um, so me and Richard, we've been brainstorming some ideas, some things that we can do, and we've come up with some great things. Um, but there is, you know, the act of like fully legitimizing the company, getting like the a website up and running. And then of course, securing funding, um, because this stuff ain't free. Uh, so to answer your question, Lisa, we definitely will have some programming. What that's going to look like, I'm not sure yet, but you guys can follow us on Twitter at Hollywood underscore here and on Instagram, Hollywood here, because that's
3: where we post all our updates. I like the idea that you said of the, the Beyonce effect, which is basically drop, start <laughs> stuff up and then move on to the next one until you drop again. Because exactly. I, th- I think, I think for one thing, it'll help everybody's mental health. It'll get you recharged. It won't put that pressure on you to feel like you have to consistently create something, you know, and you can still work on the things that you want to work on. So I think that might be a great balance for you. And, you know, and, and having other people, um, a good team around you that supports you in that. So I'm just excited about what what you have planned. But I'm also excited about some of the things that, you know, like you said, you're a creative first and foremost. You know, and so in terms of the creative side, that has nothing to do with Hollywood here. What are some of the things that you, your passion for, things that you got coming on, that we can look forward to?
4: Oh, thank you so much for asking me that question. <laughs> I was talking about because if vampire. I see you on TV my or somewhere, brother.
3: I'm gonna be like, man, look at him. These people don't know he's a <laughs> vampire. He's trying to act like he, he does fresh new thing. Like, no, he's been here since the 1600s, y'all. <laughs> 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 he knows how that <laughs> works.
2: Yeah, you know, good as well. He just send it a black email. Okay, <laughs> he, can, he can go.
3: He can go on Bridgetown and be like, you know, what exactly. he might as well play your own ancestor here from.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> he pretended like he don't have a British accent. He got a British okay. accent. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead.
4: Uh, <laughs> uh, well, we um. We're taking out uh, two projects right now. Being my writing partner, one is uh, a boxing show that I'm super excited about because boxing is, you know, that's why I saw it on your background. I was like, uh, if I wasn't uh, in the entertainment industry, I would have been a professional boxer. Like that was that's my.
2: Did you see? Did you see the UFC fight last night? You seen McGregor?
4: Did I mean I don't like UFC, but I did watch that fight because it was McGregor.
2: Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that offline.
4: (laughs) Um. So yeah, we're taking that out, and we actually just got someone because of the virtual coffee, who my brother met with. He met with Heather Zolki, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but she's amazing, and she's really like stuck true to what the Raise the Percentage Initiative is. And she connected him with a writer because the the you know the problem that I face when I'm pitching is that you know the ideas are always great, and my pitches. I don't mean to brag, but my pitch like I can. I can fucking pitch, and I think it's because I'm an actor, mm-hmm. and pitches are like a performance. Yes. So like,
1: I they'll you
2: be you can on play the-, the characters, you can jump in yeah. and out, all of that. Yes. yes.
4: to me, yeah. and everyone, the, every they always love my pitches. Um, but it's the experience, like the writers' room. Like I remember speaking to someone, and I was like, I honestly don't. I, I it would be cool to be in a writers' room. I think it would be great, and it would be an amazing experience. But I would love to like. Sell a show, and then you know go sell another one. Um, like as a producer, uh, but she worked in current at ABC Network, and she was like, even if you do that, like the experience in a writers' room is just invaluable. invaluable. She was like, I that anyone that wants to sell a show at, at any level, like get in a writers' room just to see how it works. So we don't have that. Me and my partner, we don't have that writers' room experience. So that's what we're missing. Well, um, so well, let me just say this
2: to you really quickly. Just just remember this. <clears throat> remember you were saying earlier about how you came from. Um, like logistics and putting on shows and you know events it's it's a similar thing so now imagine when you guys were putting it all together you guys just sit around the table you to plan the event it's -hmm. the same but the only difference is you're doing it to put together the series so i always tell people that you'd be surprised at things you actually know the things that are different are what we call them you yeah, know, you guys still put put the thing up on the board and see what's the what's the order of the show. You know how we're gonna run from this thing. How we're gonna get the celebrity in and roll them out before the dinner. All the same shit. <laughs> it's sounds,
4: all and that the sounds logistics.
2: fun. Yeah, it's all. Uh, and logistics. I, had,
4: you know, and that's part of the reason why we did the demystifying the writers' room because mm-hmm. I remember a couple of years ago I was talking to Ashley and um she was like, well, what do you think a writers' room is? And I was like. Oh, I felt like people, you go in there, you talk about it, and then, like, you write this script, and then you write this episode, you write this episode. She was like, That's not it at all. Uh, like, <laughs>
2: It's much like, more together. It's much more together.
4: Yeah. She was, and the way that she described it and stuff, I was like, Oh, well, that sounds fun. Something like I would do. But right now, we don't have that experience. So we're bringing on someone, um, and we're actually meeting with them on Tuesday uh, to sort of like supervise and uh, like come aboard in that capacity to sort of like bring the experience, and then we're going to take it out. Again, so there those are two projects that we're taking out. And then of course I have like a bunch of unscripted shows that are still at like, different levels of development um that I'm currently working on and yeah. pending uh COVID, depending on how that looks, we raised a hundred thousand dollars for a feature film. So oh, uh, we're gonna produce that. So we're excited about that, and then we're also me and our writing partner, we're producing a web series called Buzzkill, uh, that my old co- I helped my old college roommate write. It's about um a fat black gay guy and like his dating life and it's fucking hilarious and i'm super excited about it so that's what i'm currently working on
2: awesome what about you rich what you got going on survival
5: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's it um i I hear hear you okay Okay. yeah um no uh, whatever um yeah so um like uh okay Sorry, I'm pulling a Chris right now. I know. (laughs) First things first, I'm currently working on something that I'm not allowed to talk about um, for legality reasons. Jesse was a part of it and was very, very close to being a part of it, um, which sucked. Mm -hmm. But um, we're helping to reshift corporate responsibility on a national level. um, And I'm able to highlight a lot of amazing black folk. um, And one of my friends is going to be featured in this thing um so that's pretty cool um the experience of that is very much like a writer's room um actually it it is a writer's room um and i'll i won't share any of those stories but um it was really interesting going through that process um justin noble spoke about him one time being in the writers room and going home and feeling like completely worthless to his team And he was like, never feel that way. You always, what you you say matters. And um, I felt that way on Wednesday. And then, you know, God is great. By Friday, I felt completely different because of the additions I was able to make. But it really taught me a valuable lesson as far as the teamwork of creation. Um, um, Personally, yeah. uh, APOP, I've got to turn to an hour long, which I don't want to do. But people want an hour long, so I'm working on that. Um, And- Well, you'll have two different versions. Yeah, that's, the way, that's and, the way I look at things like that. I'm like, okay, yeah. you okay. Know. And then um uh, I've got a I'm rewriting a script now called Princes of Maryland loosely based on my life as a prince of Maryland. Right. Unfortunately, the person who inspired it just passed away um last week, so it's a little raw right now. He was uh he was a um a mentor, grandpa, so it's kind of rough writing it. But anyways, that's, that's it. True. Um Oh, I have another show that I'm writing that i got to finish for this producer. So, yeah, just a lot of writing, which is great. I'm grateful for
3: it. Good. I love it. What
2: about you, Lisa? Lisa, Cole, Jam, where are you at?
3: Oh, I'm sitting here, you know, doing my reading and, and doing a little bit of writing, taking care of family and stuff. So, you know, it's this, you know, getting through COVID, but reading a lot of good you know, for the last last month, I think I was really into you know a lot of the old Black West historical stuff, and then like a few weeks ago, I was really digging back deep into like August Wilson, like going back and actually reading the plays. Because um, my mom, you know, our family comes from Mississippi, New Orleans, and that Texas part, but my mom was like the first person that was born in Pittsburgh, and then the family had migrated from Pittsburgh and some broke off to go to Chicago. So it was kind of like revisiting, you know, his 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 hundred year cycle of African American history from the viewpoint of Pittsburgh and like actually going back and reading the plays and just kind of like, getting rooted again because I think just dealing with this pandemic and just you know for all the last few months I'm like I gotta get out of this country I get out this oh I hate this fucking country and yeah I still dislike it but it is my country <laughs> you know and it's like my people been here before a lot of people even got here and you know some of my people got here when they probably shouldn't have been here but you know white folks but you know it is what it is but it's like going back and 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 going back and being centered again right. so branching off from August Wilson and I think literally, honestly, I think it's like digging into the idea, what does it mean to be a Black American, not just an American, and just going back and just filling my cup with my people, you know, and just understanding that we've been through a whole lot of shit. This really isn't new. It's just global. And so just reconnecting and, like I said, getting back to my rooted stuff and just really just... Being grateful to be here because so many people are losing so many people. And, you know, you know my situation with my cousin Mm -hmm. and, you know, dealing with that and, you know, just being grateful to be here and just being excited to see so many creative folks still writing and still being hopeful and still doing the damn thing. So it's inspiring. So it's 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 really making me feel good again.
2: Awesome. And I'm a host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram and now Jesse and
3: them got me on Fucking clubhouse and shit. Um, <laughs> they done Lord, please don't get me in clubhouse, I'd be getting in trouble on there. It's like what I, you say? I, I, I
5: don't have an iPhone. I've got a MacBook. Can you get on it on Mac on your
4: MacBook? Jesse, do you know? I don't I don't think so. I think you can maybe an iPad. Oh, well fuck it. I don't care. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> a you sound, little, you sound yeah. a little bitter there, Richard. Okay, a <laughs> little salty. <little>, a little
3: salt, a <laughs> little, <laughs> little salt. A <laughs> <lost me. laughs> little, little salt, a
2: little salt. <laughs> it'll, it'll be, I think it'll go, it's going to go public April or, May, April or March or something. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so I'm on that. You can find me there. You can follow the show, Screenwriters ScreenwritersRR, um, on Twitter also, if I didn't mention that. Um, I think so many shit going on. If you have any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Uh, please go on screenwritersrr.com We uh, we have our Patreon page um, We have t-shirts We have you know hats All kind of cool stuff <clears throat> Out there with black people stuff um, <laughs> So go support that And um, you know, like I say Chris there Hopefully he'll be back next week And um, just say again for us Jesse where are you guys at with Hollywood here Let me, I just want everybody to hear that again
4: Yeah absolutely You can follow us on Twitter At Hollywood underscore here uh you can also follow us on Instagram, Hollywood Here Inc. you can follow us on Facebook as well. Join the group. It's uh www.facebook.com backslash Hollywood Here Inc. Or just type in Hollywood here in the search bar and then on Clubhouse. Uh you can follow me at J B E. That's it. And then um at the bottom you can join the Hollywood Here Club. We host, we hear we host biweekly power hours where I have a conversation with Hollywood Power Players. We had we've had Amy be in the past, uh network development executives. Uh, this past Thursday was Gloria Calderon Kelly, that showrunner run on one day at a time. And this week we have unscripted network development, uh, executives. So it's going to be super exciting. So enjoy.
2: that's what's up. Cool. Well, this is going to be dropping tomorrow. So it'll be all out there. So make sure you guys retweet and post and, you know, put it everywhere you want. <clears throat> and, uh, let's get the word out for you guys for sure. So thank you again to rich, rich and, uh, Jesse, um, Lisa, Lisa, cold jam and the house. Um, Everybody joining me for Wakanda Forever. Yes, you guys know how together, we do so. it. All you right. know how we do it on the rant room. On this show, we keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it opinionated. We keep it yes. what, everybody? Wakanda, Wakanda, Wakanda Forever. Or, or. forever.
5: <laughs> I thought it was here, here. I thought it
3: started in, out. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We, we, <laughs> we all we're sitting down there. We getting there. We getting there. We're so getting y'all going
1: here. Here. I thought it was. I'm <laughs> what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rainbow So you want to be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the has got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes there's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more no game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you